0: Alright, gentlemen, thank you for joining us this evening. If you would, you could turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the Apostle Paul talks about a very important topic, especially for today, gentlemen. Especially for today. The topic for today is fear. Fear. Do you have fear? I think if we're being honest, we all have fear. I've been preaching on this topic of fear for a long time. Freedom from fear. I've been helping people get free from fear for a long time. But you want to know something? And I wrestle with fear every day. Every single day. And if you call yourself courageous, then you have to have fear. Because what is courage? It's action in the midst of fear. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a clothing company, fearless, no fear. That's not really true. We're, we're not ever told that we're going to have no fear. We're told in the midst of fear, we act. You read any citation from a, from a Medal of Honor citation or anything like that, it's guys who had fear, but they pushed. Your guys' name by very nature, that, that German name, Teufelhunden is devil dogs, why? Because they go toward the fight. In the midst of fear, bullets flying, they go toward the fight. So that's a little bit about me. I wrestle with fear every day. And I wrestle with confrontation. I wrestle with having courageous conversations with my wife, who is back there. I wrestle with confronting people. I wrestle with speaking truth to power. I wrestle with speaking truth to my boss. I wrestle with calling someone out. I wrestle with raising my four beautiful children who are tearing up my office there in the back. Right? So like things like, man, should I say sorry? There's, it's all over the place. So if that's you here today, I ask you to turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And if you don't have a Bible, we can hand them out. If you need one, just raise your hand. Our uh, RPT will hand one out. But if not, listen to this. This is very key. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I'll give you another version. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but something else. If you have fear, and fear is it's actually a, a spirit. You know, I had a spirit of fear for a long time. There's all kinds of spirits. And you don't even have to be a believer in Jesus Christ to know and to speak the spiritual language. Like, for instance, you ever meet anybody with a spirit of criticism? Like someone's just just hype, way hypercritical, can't help but say things and criticize this and that. And they walk into a house and they criticize everything. They walk into a house and they say, let me find something wrong with this place. And they start going. Well, I'm just confessing my own, my own sins here. You probably had a dad like that. Maybe you had a mom like that. Maybe you're like that. That's a spirit of fear that fills your soul and starts influencing the way you talk and think. What about a spirit of fear? ever meet anybody that's paranoid? What's that meme we talked about the other day? I go back and forth with the chaplains here. They're like, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a bumper sticker that says, I'm not paramo- paranoid. It's just that everybody's trying to kill me. Right. But there's, there's, there's two types of fear, at least, that I'll mention here. There's a fear like, I just got scared in the moment, and there's a lingering fear that's really sinful. Like if a bear jumped out of the woods and I'm fearful, that's not, that's not sin. But if my fear is, Man, I don't want to. I don't want to let anybody know what I'm struggling with. That's a spirit of fear that does not come from God. We're we're, we're grown men in here, right? Besides my wife. Remember, remember being in in elementary school, still figuring out how your body works. And then remember when you hit junior high and guys start talking about like what they're experiencing, they start exp- talking about what's going on, what they what they do in their pre- and, and you, you might have been the guy that's like. Oh, I'm I don't know, I'm not. I'm not growing hair anywhere. I'm not. I'm not doing any of that stuff. And you get to high school, it changes. All of a sudden, you get to 24-hour fitness, and there's this that 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 old guy that just walks around like no shame at all, right? But fear when people don't want to talk about things when they're, they're that that comes from a very bad place because it's not from God. Now let me give you a little illustration here. Uh, let's just say that you were in the military. And it's 1941. And your commanding officer has told you, I want you to sit here, and you're just going to listen for our enemy. Now, 1941, who was our Axis enemies? Well, you have Imperial Japan, you have Nazi Germany, and then you have the fascist Italy. So those, those three were at least our enemies. We, we, we knew you see him in uniform, you knew who the enemy was. You see a swastika, or you see the, 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 the Japanese flag, or you see the Italian flag. You knew they were the enemy. It didn't matter which side. If you saw a different flag other than U.S., and it was those three, you knew it was the enemy. So you're sitting here, and your commanding officer says, you got one task and one task only. This is it. You're listening to the radio, and if you hear another language other than English, you're supposed to call it in. And the only thing over this net is it's only picking up German, Japanese, and, and Italian. Okay? So you're sitting there, and then all of a sudden you hear, "Oh, Konnichiwa, right? And you go, oh my gosh, that is, that's the enemy. So what do you do? You pick up the phone, hey, uh, sir, got contact uh, with, I, I heard the voice of the enemy. Roger that, we got it. Solid copy, whatever whatever. radio people say. I'm not a radio guy. So they say, got it. You give it to the, into the hands of the authority, and they got it from there. Okay? So you, well done. Bravo, Zulu. You're waiting again. Oh, that's Typho coming. Dude, that's German. That's German. So what do you do? What's your commanding officer tell you to do? Call it in. Sir, I heard German on the radio. Enemy. Yes, German. Roger that. Perfect. We got it from here. So I don't have to do anything. I'm just doing what I'm told to do. When I hear the voice of the enemy, I tell the superiors and they handle it. They're probably going to call Artie. They're probably going to call and eventually call the grunts or, or whoever, but they got it. Your one job is this. Just call it in. So you're sitting a little bit more you, and, and you, hear, uh, you hear some Italian. You're like, man, that's, that's, that's Italian. Boom. Over and over and over. And then you're sitting there and you hear this voice, you don't know what it is. It could be German, it could be Italian, it could be, it could be something, but you know for sure it's not English. What do you do? You've been given this task. what do you do? Doc, what would you do? Call it in, Call it in. why? Because it's not English. Here's, here's spiritual warfare, here's how it works. Guys, you're going to be everyday walking about your life, just minding your own business, and you ever get some random, wicked, off-the-wall thought? You ever get that thought? Yes, if you're like me and you're being honest, you you do. I mean, I get some weird things. I get things that run through my mind that if you knew, you'd be like, dude, that that dude should not be my pastor. I'm serious. I get thoughts like, man, (laughs) I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll have coffee. I'll tell you every, every single thought that's ever gone through my mind. Okay? Why? Because I'm not scared. I am no longer scared. That spirit of fear has died in me. Yeah, I wrestle from time to time. But that thing used to have its hooks in me. No longer. Did it through. God did it by bringing community into my life. So, so the spirit of fear, right? And then this is, this is just short. We just got one verse, and I just want to break it down. Any text without a context ain't no text. Because I, I, I never want you to just see a great verse and then run with it. Because the word of God is so rich. Any text without the context, it's not really a text. I, we don't want to rip it out of context. So here, if you just back up, it's some guy named the Apostle Paul. Who used to be like, the, he was like the greatest murderer of Christians ever. And then God kicked him off. I don't know, some people say he was on a horse. We don't know. He just got Spartan kicked off of whatever he was writing. He was blind and all of a sudden he changed his name from Saul to Paul eventually. And God goes, now you will serve me. So it's like similar. If if this were to happen today, it would be like if Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi gave his life to Christ. And people would be like, dude, that dude dude was anti-Christ before. I'm not following that guy. That's Paul. That's the kind of guy that became a believer because he got just shellacked by God and he says, You will serve me. You watch guys around here, they're like, I'll never, they, 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 pump, they pump their chest, they say they're never gonna follow God, they, they boast about the things they do in their life. God, God goes, Watch this, I'm gonna convert that energy into service for me. That's the guy that wrote this. And he's writing to another young guy named Timothy, and uh, he says this. So Paul is writing to Timothy, he says, For this reason, I reminded you to fan into flame the gift of God, which was in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. And now look at this. Verse 8 says this. Therefore. Anytime you see the word therefore in the scriptures, ask yourself, what's the therefore, therefore? It's therefore a reason. So God has not given Timothy a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline, and he goes. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. So, don't be ashamed about Jesus, and don't be ashamed about me, Paul, his spiritual father, the guy that mentored him. Don't be ashamed of him. But share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and has called and has called us to holy a holy calling not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light, immorality to light through the gospel. He's telling Timothy, don't be ashamed to share the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of his spiritual family. Now that's, that's the, the primary meaning here. That's the context. Let's, can, we, can we get practical real quick here? Man. First of all, we shouldn't be afraid to, to, to share about our faith. But we should also not fear anything else. Now I'm going to jump straight into this. I, I have a list of a bunch of things that you and I might fear. Can I get some? some you should pass this out here. Yeah, that, thank you. Now, I have a, a ministry that I've, that I've had for years. It's called Freedom Ministry. Technically, I'm calling it Freedom Vision. My mission in life guys, is to turn my ears into graves where people could bury their problems and begin healing. And freedom and vision are, are, are linked. When a person gets free from all these things, then they can see. They'll never see the same again. I believe we are set free by Jesus Christ. There's, there's tons of ways people can get set free from things like alcoholism and, and any kinds of addictions, fears. But the lasting freedom is in Jesus Christ. Why? Well, he's the only person that we know that has died and rose again. He lived a perfect life and he died and rose again. That's, that's the gospel. You look at 1 Corinthians. That's the gospel. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why? To remove all the stuff that we wrestle with. So, this is a list of of sinful fears that make you vulnerable to attacks from the enemy. And I stole this list. This is inspired by Neil Anderson's The Bondage Breaker in chapter 13. And for the past six years, six or seven years, uh, we've been adding to it based on things that I've I've seen in, in just talking to people. So, and, and to those of us joining us online too, watching this online, you can sit down with a piece of paper and, and, and hit pause and say, okay, I wrestled with that fear, that fear, that fear, and just, and just write them down. But I'm going to ask you in a moment right now to be completely honest with yourself. Imagine you had a big pile of clothes, and you're like, man, I really want to have a, a pile of clean clothes. W- what I'm asking you to do right now is to throw every single piece of clothing into the wash, to reserve nothing. This is courageous. I'm asking you to be very courageous right now, just between you and God. I'm asking you to come up here and take the mic, and if you were courageous and you wanted to do that, I would would encourage that. But if you come across a piece of clothing and you're like, I bet this is still clean, we just throw it in anyways. You get what I'm saying? You just throw it in. The worst that can happen is that you come out with clean clothes. So this is what we do. In, in this ministry, we, we, I sit down with guys and gals. If there's a gal there, I've, I've had my wife in the, in the room with me. We take off our watches. For me, I take out the battery out of my phone, my flip phone, and we just go. We go, and the person, it's like, hey, Rob, what you got? And then for a day, a whole day, I've been in a room with someone for 16 hours once, where they just got to go and list all these things. This fear section is just one little section of that, of that workshop. It's all rooted in the gospel. So, fear number one. At any point in your life, have you ever had FOMO? Fear of missing out. And you would. How about this one? Fear of coronavirus. I'm talking about like it's, it's, it's a crippling fear, not a fear like, well, I better be precautious. I better wear my mask. I better stay six feet, which we, which we're all doing here. No, I'm talking about a crippling fear. Like, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna. Does anybody remember Y2K? Yeah, we're we're laughing because we were. Yeah, I was gonna ask when was that, but it's Y2K. (laughs) Year two thousand. Yeah, twenty years ago remember people freaked out in our church. They stockpiled their, their sheds with water. They stocked up food. And then January 1st came around and nothing happened. But that's a crippling fear. How about uh, fear of shaking hands? I'm not talking about just now. I'm talking about there, there's, if you look up, there's a guy, God bless him, Howie Mandel. You know, uh, America's Got Talent. Is that, is that a show? Voice of Bobby's World. He wrote a book on this. He goes, don't touch me. He's got a crippling fear of shaking hands. It's a fear. And God bless him. I pray that he gets delivered from that. But that's what I'm talking about. How about fear of sickness? Any kind of sickness? Hypochondriacs? How about fear of death? How about fear of the Satan or demons? How about fear of failure? Fear of rejection? Fear of disapproval? Fear of becoming a homosexual? I'm, I'm just saying these, these fears or, becoming, or fear of becoming heterosexual. Whatever. It's just a fear. Fear of. Fear of my child becoming homosexual. Fear of myself becoming. Fear of financial problems. Fear of never getting married. Fear of the death of someone. You fear someone in your, in your, in your life is going to die and it plagues you. Check that off. Fear of being a hopeless case. That's not from God. Fear of losing salvation. Fear of committing the unpardonable sin. And Stepping aside from exegesis and theology, if if you walk around, I wonder if I committed the unpardonable sin. That's not the voice of God. It's the voice of the enemy. When the voice of the enemy comes in our ears, we give it right back to God, and he handles it. Going on, you ever had a fear of not being loved by God? Ever had a fear of never loving or being loved? You have a fear of being yourself around others? Are you scared to be yourself because you'll be judged? How about a fear of being victimized by crime? Always looking over your back. Man, I've got to watch my back. Anybody fear getting married? How about fearing Divorce. Or fearing separation. Not the voice of God. Fear of going crazy. Fear of the future. Fear of confrontation. I mean, how how are you guys scoring right now? I'm like 100% here. (laughs) Fear of confrontation. Having those hard conversations with people. Fear of reconciliation. You're afraid to reconcile with someone, how that might end up. How about fear of someone else's reaction. Well, I'm never gonna tell my wife about this because if I tell her about this, she's gonna. The single guys, I'm, I'm never gonna tell my parents about this. I'm never gonna tell my girlfriend about this, because, and then you live a life of secrecy, and a life of hiding. That's why we create. That's why this place is a place of safety. Man, I, people walk in this building, they can say whatever they want. We're just here to receive that and help people find healing. My ears are graves. People bury their problems and begin healing. You fear specific individuals, people you work with, your neighbors, you, you fear them, write that down. You're afraid of the dark, fear of losing your hard-earned money, and there's a lot of people right now, I'm going to lose everything, the stock market's going down, crippling fear, fear of being alone for the rest of your life, fear of being abandoned, you got a fear of not reaching your potential. The fear of what I'd do if I ran into so and so. That's someone who that says, man, if I, ever, if I ever see that person on the street, poof, I'm going to. You know what? Fear of being cheated on by your girlfriend, your spouse, your fiance. Fear of that movie. You fear, you're afraid of a movie that you watched when you were a kid that just comes back and keeps haunting you? Not from God. How about this? Fear of that evil spirit or that thing that you saw when you were blank years old. you had an experience where you, you saw something, you felt something in your room, some kind of presence, and it's come back to haunt you. That's fear. That's something we, we, we want to address. For you parents, you fear having a, a, a child with special needs, you know I, I add these things on this list because these are things that that frequently come back, things that are not from God. How about you do you have a fear of pleasing God the Father because it would displease someone else? Like well, I can't do that because then my my spouse is going to be upset with me or or my boss is going to be upset with me if I do that to please God uh, are you are you afraid to to worship God? Does the fear of man plague your heart more than God? I mean, that, that's, I'm totally guilty. But now, I, I just don't care what people think. Not that I'm reckless and I'm gonna, but I'm just saying, like, when I walk into a local church or worship saying, man, my eyes are closed, and I just start going into this place where I'm thankful for everything that God has done in my life. And then in that moment, nobody else matters. I actually forget if I'm, if I, for, for the past 10 years or ever since we lived in Rhode Island, I, I've always asked the music team ahead of time, hey, can I get the list? So I memorize the songs so when I get there Sunday morning, I'm ready to rock and I don't have to open my eyes and I don't have to look at slides. I, this whole time here, I, maybe I peeked my eyes up once when I, when I forgot one of these lyrics, but I just, and I'm not, I'm not scared anymore. In junior high, I was, I was sort of like this. Now I'm just like, God. He's done way too much in my life, but I don't have fear of people in that regard. Uh, do you fear to pray with people? Those of you that, that, that are married, fearing to pray with your spouses is a very common, very rampant thing from the enemy, because God never talks like that. Well, You don't know my wife. If I tried to pray with her... But But the fear, we have to know where it comes from and then what to do with it once it comes. Fear of witnessing, and that's our passage today. That's what what Paul's talking about. That's the primary application. Fear of of sharing about Jesus Christ and fear of sharing about about, uh, Paul, his his spiritual mentor. And then lastly, here's the catch-all. Fear of anything other than God. So in this moment... What's the first thing that comes to your mind? And you don't have to say it out loud. I just want, I want you in, your, in the privacy of your own heart to, to pray with me right now and to say, Lord, what do I fear? And you get alone sometime and you just write, just keep this, keep it in your pocket. And you write that down. What is crippling me right now? What kind of fear? And can I just be completely transparent here? Right, it's, it's, it's all men in here, and, and my wife is in the sound booth back there. I had these fears, and, my, and, and God brought into my life a man named Dan. In my heart, I said I would never listen to anybody unless they had a degree in theology, and they got to be this, they had to go to an accredited. It's a bunch of foolishness, right? So what does God do? He brings into my life a plumber. Never went to school, never went to seminary. Maybe did a lot of drugs and then threw away his scholarships. But God brought that man into my life to love the hell out of me, literally. His name is Dan Moeller. And he told me one day, he goes, he goes Barangatang, that's what he calls me. Barangatang, the enemy's got nothing on you. You can let her know everything about you. And I was scared, gents. I was scared. And I, I kind of like went into those waters like this, like, let me test this out. And I'll sit down with you and tell you the whole story if you want to over coffee. But I was shaking in my boots. I said, "Man, I could, I could lose, I could lose everything." The kind of things I'm going to confess here, and, and God's like, "I got you." The fear does not come from me, so I want you to push right through it. Boom, we dropped everything. I just, I like, like a, like an atomic bomb. I prayed to God. I said, "Give me, give me everything I need to share," because I only want to cry once. And God, out of left field, just said, "Boom, boom," gave me two things I wasn't even tracking. And I literally put my fingers in my ear, and I goes. Oh, I'm, God, I'm not talking about those kind of things. I just wanted to confess about this. And God's like, nope. Four. Four, baby. Go. And it was, like, it was like one in the morning, and I got down by the bed, and I was like, babe, boom, 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 boom. You know what that did at that moment? She goes, thank you for sharing. Wow. I guess it's my turn. And the enemy had lost that night, like one or two in the morning. The enemy had lost grips on both of us at the same time. And I get chills. Look, I get goosebumps, guys. Because God in that moment was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's why I died on the cross so that you can be, so that these two people who are bound up in fear can be free in this moment. And I bet every angel in heaven was like, yeah, yeah. Did you see what just happened in Hawaii and Kaneohe? Two people just got set free. And the demons must have been like, "Oh, man, I had that guy seven years into the chapel corps. I had him bound up in some fear, and God's like, oh, praise God, praise God, it's, it's done. It's over." And then things happen later on and I got more, and then I have to I have to, go, I have to revisit over and over. I wish I would just graduate and I would never have to have those conversations ever again, but it never happens. And then, I, and then I'll have to maybe I'll do something, not that I plan to, but Maybe I've looked at something on my phone. And then maybe I have this, uh, there you go, there's that, I have a secret again. And then the, the God will say, son, step into that fear. Be known by your wife. And the enemy goes, nah, come on, not again. You confessed three times already. If you do it a fourth time, you're, you're, you're done. So you, you see that? You see that? Vo- the voices. The voices. God's like, be free. Free from fear. And the enemy's like, mm mm, you have everything to fear. Dude, people aren't going to respect you. They're going to follow you. Just, mm, just bury that thing. I talked to a guy who I hope one day will write a book, but he's very successful. He cheated on his wife. And he, he's, he's, a, he's a believer, he's a leader in the church. And he goes, Ryan, before I met you, I promised God that I would just bring this thing to the grave and that we, we worked it out, me, me and God. And then I met you, and I thought you, were the, I thought you were an idiot because of the things you tell your wife. And I thought I was free until I met you, Ryan. And I realized I wasn't free, and I was enslaved to fear. You know what ended up happening? He told his wife everything. We fasted. I, I, I launched a prayer network. Bill was on, the, was on the East Coast. He was fasting and praying. I was praying. And we were all praying together. And then he told his wife, dropped the bomb, Boom. Infidelity, full on. This is another instance where she goes, I don't know what I'm still doing here, but I'm here. And she hugged him, and they were working it out. They're thriving. Either way, either way it would have gone, God's still Lord over the fire. But I live for that, gents, to see guys like, hey, Ryan, I no longer have fear. Why? Because fear is not from God. And I can I could go on and on and on and tell you Numerous stories of guys who are living this life of freedom from fear. Where, where guys say, man, I'm not the same. And once you push past that and you get over yourself and you fall back on Jesus and you say, Lord, you have to catch me here because if you don't, I'm going to lose everything. That night, I'd been a believer for a long time. But Jesus was my savior for the very first time. I mean, fully my Savior. Because I said, if you're not true, I could lose everything. You better be true, Lord, because I'm going I'm to putting it all on the line right now. And I did. I trusted Him for the first time. But I've been a pastor for a long time. Been a pastor for a long time. Finally trusted Jesus with everything for the first time. 2013. Seven years into this gig. I'm not going to belabor that, gents. I'm going to leave it between you. In God, the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to close us with with a prayer. And I wrote it down here because it's a prayer that, that we might have to say over and over again. Would you pray this in your heart with me? And if you're joining us online too, you can pray this. Lord, I confess that I have fostered a spirit of fear in my heart. Thank you for your forgiveness. I now renounce the fear of, and you fill in the blank, because God has not given me a spirit of fear. I receive the healing power of Jesus who heals me from all my present fears and my past fear wounds. I choose to live by faith in the God who has promised to protect me and meet all my needs as I walk by faith.